and welcome to another episode of To Be Perfectly Honest. As always, I'm your host, Corey. And I'm Anel. And today we're talking about Game of Thrones, Season 1, Episode 8, The Pointy End. Anel, this was another fantastic episode, and I can't wait to talk about it. But before we begin, let's go over what happened in this episode. Sounds like a plan. Okay, so in the Mountains of the Moon, Tyrion and Bronn head towards Tywin Lannister's camp. They're surrounded by the barbarian hill tribe of the Vale, led by Shaga. Tyrion convinces them to serve his, as his escorts and promises them gold, weapons, and his army to help them seize the Vale of Arryn. Tywin is displeased but agrees to Tyrion's promise if the hill tribes join the fight against the Starks. The tribesmen agree, but only if Tyrion fights with them. In the Eyrie, Catelyn confronts her sister Liza about the letter that Catelyn received regarding events of at King's Landing. Liza refuses to send troops to help the Starks against the Lannisters because she only cares for the safety of her son Robin. A disgusted Catelyn leaves the Eyrie because Robin's still breastfeeding. Gross. In the North, after receiving a letter from Sansa, Maester Lewin concludes Sansa is being manipulated by Cersei. Rob calls his bannerman to the war against the Lannisters. After gaining the respect of Stark's bannerman, Lord Great John Umber, and leaving Bran in charge of Winterfell, Rob and his army march south. The Stark forces, having made the camp in the Riverlands, are joined by Catelyn. During a council of war, which Rob ponders whether to attack Tywin or Jaime's forces, his men present him with a captured Lannister scout. Rob decides to let him go with a message to Tywin that winter is coming for him but tricks him into thinking that Rob's sending the entire army of 20,000 men to attack Tywin. At the Wall, Jon Snow and Sam return with their party after finding two frozen corpses. Lord Mormont recognizes them as Benjamin Stark's fellow rangers and orders that the bodies be examined, so they take it into the Wall and put it in a room to see later. Sam points out that there is no sign of decay on their corpses, even though they've apparently been dead for weeks. Later, Mormont informs John about the events in the South and warns him to keep his commitment to the Night's Watch. John loses his temper after Sir Allison mocks Edward Stark's treason. Enraged, John charges at Throne with a knife, but is held back by his companions and confined to his quarters by Mormont. Later in the night, John's direwolf ghost behaves strangely, prompting John to investigate Mormont's quarters. As John enters, he is attacked by the dead ranger, returned to life as a white. The undead monster is immune to John's sword, continuing to attack after being run through and losing an arm. As Mormont enters, John throws a lantern, setting the white ablaze and destroying it. The next morning, Mormont and the Night's Watch burn the two bodies, and Sam tells them that he's read about those corpses that are touched by White Walkers, and they are reanimated and can only be killed by fire. In Lazar, the Dothraki have sacked a village in order to gather funds for the ships that they need to inv invade the Seven Kingdoms. Daenerys Targaryen is dismayed at by their brutality, but after seeing Dothraki raiders gather several village women for use as sex slaves, she orders Sir Jorah Mormont and her bodyguards to claim the women as her own. Challenged in front of Drogo, she defends her actions as her right as a Khaleesi and demands that the riders marry rather than enslave the women they desire. Impressed, Drogo sides with his wife, but the leading raider Mago is unimpressed and challenges the call to a duel. Mago is swiftly killed by Drogo, but not before inflicting a deep wound in his chest. Daenerys worries about the wound, and the call reluctantly allows one of the spared villagers, a healer by the name of Miri Mazdul, to treat his wounds. This inspires more negativity by the Dothraki because they call the woman a witch. In King's Landing, after Ned Stark is imprisoned, following his failed attempt to arrest Joffrey and Cersei Lannister, the Lannisters move against the rest of the Stark household, while Ned's eldest daughter Sansa is detained. Arya is able to escape with her fencing teacher, Sirio Farrell, as he holds the Lannister men. Arya runs outside looking for her sword, and a stable boy tries to detain her for the queen. But it's there where she feels her first kill, and she stabs him before fleeing the castle. Cersei convinces Sansa to save her father's life, and that she must write a letter to her brother Rob imploring him to come to King's Landing and swear fealty to Joffrey. Later, Joffrey and Cersei hold court, where they reward Janna Slant, the captain of the City Watch, with lordship, while Tywin Lannister is named the new Hand of the King. Joffrey also relieves Sir Barristan Selmy as Lord Commander of the King's Guard and gives the post to Jaime Lannister. Selmy is offered a castle and land in recognition of his service, but a furious Selmy regards the offer as an insult and throws his sword at Joffrey's feet and storms out of the castle in disgust. 
Sansa takes the opportunity to publicly plea for her father's life, and Joffrey agrees to show mercy if Ned confesses to treason and accepts him as the rightful king. So, Corey, what did you think about this episode? You know what? I thought this one was jam-packed full of stuff. I have to say that all the time, especially as we get later on here. But, you know, one thing that I want to talk about first is, did you know that this episode was actually written by George R.R. R. Martin? As a matter of fact, I did. Yeah, it really stands out. You can tell it's jam-packed because I think he was trying to get half of a book inside of this actual episode. Um, and while there were some edits, but basically like 90% of this episode is like entirely his writing. Um, and that's awesome because a lot of times authors don't really convey their um, ideas that great when it comes to TV shows because it's a lot different. You know, it's a visual medium versus like, you know, a written medium. So um, I think that the, the fact that this is such an awesome episode is just a testament to how great he is. Uh, and I believe there's only a couple other episodes. I think there might be only one other episode that George R. R. Martin actually wrote the entirety of. So um, this is a special one. Well, they say the devil's in the details. Definitely. Um, yeah. So what what really stood out to you? Well, um, the title of the show is called Sticking with the Pointy End. And this happens to be Arya's first kill. Definitely. I love it. Yeah, and what a gnarly first kill this is, too. Like, she stabs someone straight in the stomach. That's not a good way to go, especially when, like, everything gets infected nowadays. Totally. But I think it it almost plays out like an accident. Oh, yeah, totally. They don't want her to be, like, a ruthless killer. They're just like, she's going to defend herself. They just want her to get that first taste of blood. And thank God, like, I could not imagine if she was like, oh, I'm just going to go to my room like Sansa. Thank God. We don't need two Sansas. Everybody I grew up with is dying. I should probably go to my room. I hope the prince isn't mad at me. <laughs> like, God, Sansa, come on. Um, yeah, it is pretty intense. Like, they systematically wipe out all of the Starks pretty instantaneously. Like, you're earlier on in the earlier episodes, you're kind of thinking, okay, I mean, Ned's definitely outmatched. But at the same time, like, he has a force, like, you know, he's not going to go easy. Nope. Um, it went real easy. But I feel like this episode reads as we still have some hope, you know. Um, Rob's eldest son, Ned's eldest son, Rob, <laughs> yeah. is on his way. Yeah, totally. Yeah, no, Um, speaking of Rob, I think he is really showing his own, like, all these episodes before this, you're like, okay, you're kind of a little bit of a snotty brat, but like, you're also the oldest. I get why you're, you know, kind of declaring your authority, but he's really like, when he calls the banner man, he has this episode with great John. Like he really is like a Stark. You can tell, like it reminds you of the stories that you hear of Ned earlier on. You know, on the rewatch, wasn't it cool to see when he releases the Ravens from Winterfell to oh call all of the banner men? Yeah, it's I epic. didn't catch that the first time. I was just like, wow, there's a lot of ravens. Wow, Weird. there's a lot of ravens. Yeah, it's one of those cinematic scenes that just like stays with you. It's haunting almost. And if he has that amount of bannermen for each raven, I mean, that's just insane. Yeah, I don't know 100% if this is correct, but I do believe like the North is one of the biggest or like, you know, it is the biggest amount of like bannermen. There's the amount of families that are up there. It's a it's a wide area. So there is really like if you're going to call a bunch of people together, do it in the North. As far as jobs that you could get in the North, I suspect that being a Raven trainer would be one of the easier ones. Um, yeah. The other thing I want to know is like, do they already have like pre-authorized like notices on their feet? They're like... <laughs> Oh, we don't have time to do because they have to write everything by hand back then, right? There's no printer press. So, oh, yeah. It's like, or are they just like, oh, when we get that raven, we know what's going on. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> we're going to go to, uh, we're going to go to Winter's Bell and we are going to, we know. And what do you think about Big John Umber getting his fingers bitten off by Grey Wind? Um, you know, I felt like that was a little contrived, but at the same time, it was kind of funny. Like, I did. I was like, ho, oh, ho, your meat is tough is, I think, a funny line. But also so ridiculous. Like, is am I to believe that his uh, shadow wolf, right, is his dog? I thought it was Grey Wind. Grey Wind. That's right. Um, are you to believe that, like, literally anyone, like, unleashes the sword and, like, that dog is trained to bite off fingers? Well, he is a mythical beast. So he has mythical. <laughs> he has a mythical beast. Yeah, no, I, I do think it's awesome, though, and I'm glad that. I think that only works in the North, right? That happens anywhere else. And it's like, oh, no, war breaks out. I mean, if you get hung up on that, 
just think to yourself, here's a 16-year-old boy who is unscathed in the battlefield taking up bannermen for this huge war and all of these seasoned people that have probably been in Robert's Rebellion are like, oh, yeah, 16-year-old, never been in war? Great, we'll follow him. Yeah, I mean, but is it any different than Joffrey? Like, I don't want you in my guard anymore. Throw him out. Or well, like Robin, I want to see the Batman fly. Yes, but ultimately, in their cases, they are just the they are just the people that are the voice for like their parents. Yeah, true. This is very true. Speaking of which, I will tell you what I got from this episode was a lot of the power of words and the value behind them. Starting with Serio Pharrell, when Arya and Serio were sword fighting. Not like, today. Yeah. Where she's like, hey, you went left and you said you're going to go right or whatever. And he's like, don't trust my words. Trust actions, basically. Mm-hmm, totally. And then I noticed that throughout the episode, a lot of that, even from like uh, Drogo and Khaleesi, when um, Mary Mazdul was like, oh, I can heal him. She's like, just trust her. Do it. Yeah, I got to say, she is sketchy town if I've ever seen it. Like, she looks disgusting and like she's going to clean a wound. Um, No, thank you. That's like me going to be like, I got a paper cut. It might get infected. Are there any homeless people around that can clean this? (laughs) Please spit on it. And then it doesn't help that Drogo, did you see, like he wipes uh, Mago's blood into the wound. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's, it's so gross and disgusting. Danny's like, yeah, do it. And then at one point they even say, we have healers. Like, It's like as if they don't have anybody that can heal anything. And it's also, it is literally the tiniest cut. Okay, so speaking of people attending to people, what did you think about this whole scene with Varys and the dungeons, kind of like dressed up in the common night, even though he's definitely Varys and he's like, oh, Ned, let's talk. And oh, you're such a fool. And here's some wine and blah, blah, blah. Like, what, is he there to torment him at all? Do you feel like he's there as a friend? What What is his... What's the point, I guess? Is he keeping up appearances? It's the pointy end. That's what it is. No, I thought we got a little more character building for Varys. I mean, he's very secretive. He has these this connection to these birds that tell him things. We don't really know where that's going yet. But he tells Ned while he's in the dungeon, he's like, look, your wife lost the imp, like... You're not in a position that you think you are. You know you're a dead man, right? And he says, well, then just kill me and be done with it. And I thought it was interesting that um, Vera says, you know, not today. And that he also says that he serves the realm. So we kind of know, okay, here's a character who's not just serving himself, if we can trust him. We still don't know enough yet, but we're we're getting a little more information but he is there. He's bringing him water. He's telling him where he stands. So He's bringing him wine, isn't he? I thought he said... It's a wineskin, I think. Oh, well, even better. Yeah, he talks about, like, he's like, here's some wine. And he's like, don't drink all of it. They don't even give you water down here. Oh, well, I guess that makes more and sense. that's like, drink, 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 drink. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I think... I have a hard time believing Varys that he is for the good of the realm when, like, let's be honest, the good of the realm would have been to help Ned Stark. And he didn't help him at all. But like you said, what what am I going to do? Do I look like a hero? It's exactly what I would say, Corey, if I had to save you. So <laughs> be prepared. <laughs> Thank God. No, I just, and I'm not saying that he's like the worst person in the world. Obviously, that's Cersei um, or Sansa, you know, take a pick. But I do think that there was more that he could have done. And, you know, he could have uh, helped break him out. Like, if he really gave a shit. That's why I feel like he's a little bit tormenting. Kind of like, your honor? Oh, yeah, look where it got you. Nowhere. You're going to die. Okay, so what do you think about Jamie um, finally getting in the camp with his father and his dad being basically a huge douchebag to him? I mean, he's like, oh, you were uh, captured, and uh, this is kind of why originally we went to war. Mm, well, thanks for coming back, but you're not going to drink because you're a fucking alcoholic. And, um, yep, those people, you need me to pay them back? Okay, but only if they fight in my battle first. And also, like, why did you even get captured? Because Jamie never gets captured. Totally. And um, it's so interesting that 
he spent all this time trying to get Tyrion back. And then when the woods people or whatever they are. Oh, yeah, the Hills tribes. The Hills tribes. <laughs> they're like, oh, well, we're going to take him with us. And Tywin's like, oh, yeah, fine. That's cool. Yeah, I don't care. <laughs> like, get him the fuck out totally of Totally different reception. It, I, I do see kind of where he is coming from, though. I think that what was getting him before, he doesn't really care about Tyrion. I think maybe some small little part of him does. But he's caring more about the reputation of their house. And so if Tyrion's, like, fighting in a battle with them, like, that's pro-honor for the house. And if he dies, like, honestly, it's an honorable thing. Like, oh, well. He can't die, though, like, in a sky cell captured by someone who has, uh, you know, their son sucking at their teeth and is 11. Like, that brings dishonor to the house. So I get where he's coming from with that. Uh, but, yeah, it would be nice to see a little bit of, like, oh, like, have some wine. <laughs> like, maybe fuck a whore. Then go and die. Totally. And then um, what do you think about the end here? Or closer to the end where... Cersei is totally just putting the manipulation on thick for Sansa. I just feel like Sansa is being such a typical Sansa. And I cannot believe that, like I said before, you see literally everyone you've grown up with around you murdered. And you're not like, um, I should not help you. How old is she, though, in the series now? Is she like, she's got to be like uh, 13 or 14. Rob is what, like 16? And so Sansa's got to be like 12. I think she's 13 or 14, but I can't remember. Yeah, she's hella young, though. And yeah, she's still I mean, like madly in love with Joffrey. Like she thinks that you doing think all this. she's still madly in love at this point. Oh, yeah. 100%. Mm, I don't. I, I, I do think that she wouldn't know what to do. She doesn't know that everyone's scheming. But, um, you know, and I get that she'd be more worried about her own hide. But it's like, come on, like you're playing right in everybody's plans. So at least like. Write something in there that's like kind of like, oh, code. <laughs> I don't think. She's smart enough to put come up with a code. No. She could sew something into it. I think she's just more like, oh, my father's a traitor. I'm just, if I could just talk to him oh, and tell him how I, dad, you're going to ruin this for me and Joffrey. Yeah, seriously. Yeah, she is this, maybe uh, instead of having like, um, you know, water dancing instructions for Arya, which definitely paid off, but you should have also had a, uh, Okay, so this is what the fuck's going on, Sansa. Pull your head out of your ass lessons. Well, I, I don't even think she needed code because this is really exhibit three of my point of words are, are words are not what they seem because everyone who gets the letter and reads it is like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah this obviously. isn't Sansa. Yeah, this, totally. is, this is totally Cersei. Yes, it's she's a mouthpiece for the queen. And, and Cersei is just running that mouth again, telling Sansa, oh, yes, just have your brother swear fealty to joffrey and have your dad uh commit to yeah treason just say it to everybody and let them know yeah i think the only thing is, is i wish you could have gotten something out to be like they don't have Arya because like at this point they feel like all of the cards are in the lannister hands and in reality the only hostage they have is ned and sansa and he's in a dungeon so that doesn't look too great for him so um yeah it's it just is kind of unfortunate you know speaking of this though do you think there's any other choice that rob had besides calling all the bannermen in reality i mean he didn't know really what to expect going down there right he didn't know how many men the Lannisters had, or did he? I think they had estimates. I think you kind of generally know how many people they have, and they have all of their people, so. I mean, I guess he could pray to the old gods. I just, I mean, realistically, what could they do? So he could either, like, send in, like, a small assassin group to go in and, like, you know, get get them out, which probably wouldn't have worked, or they could have just done nothing, but then it sounds like Cersei was going to send an army of the Lannisters after them anyways. I don't know... Where he'd get those assassins? Oh, would he just go down there with like all of the direwolves I mean, and Catelyn snuck in just completely under the you know everyone's nose besides uh, Littlefinger? So she'd be investigator. Yeah, seriously, <laughs> Catelyn on uh, assassin duty. No, I just I do I don't think he had any other choice, and I think that is why we have this semblance that he is like oh so brave and so like you know even though he's young he's like taking charge of it. In reality, I think he's faking it till he makes it, you know, like 
there is no other choice for him, and he knows that, and he's doing the best with the cards he has. Well, he's a Stark, and they say that Starks don't fare well, so hopefully he does a little bit better than previous Starks who go south. Yeah, I mean, and the other thing, too, is, like, this is really just another, um, like, if you take a look at it, right, what was Robert's Rebellion over? Well, there was a Stark daughter that was taken by a member of that household, right? Taking capture, and they went back to get her back, and the father and the son went up there, and they were killed. And then the other son grouped with another group of people and went up there and kicked their ass, and then he became the king, right? What do we have now? Well, we have Sansa, a daughter, who's imprisoned by the Lannisters, by her future husband, and we have another daughter that's there, MIA right now, but they don't know that, and we have a older brother that's going to fight them. I wonder what will happen. Yeah, that's kind of depressing. Another thing that was depressing, though, too, is um, seeing Bran get left and Rickon, you know, they're having to say goodbye to their brother. And Rickon is convinced that that's the last time he'll see him. I mean, that's the first time I've seen Rickon since we saw him the (laughs) first time. You're like, who is this kid? Yeah, seriously. I think someone on Reddit was like, what was he doing? Eating cereal downstairs in the crypts? Like, (laughs) (laughs) he's like, where's dad? (laughs) <laughs> yeah I, I, it's bad news bears but yeah i mean i think he's one of the only ones that's calling it like it is like this and it goes back to what i was just saying earlier you know like it's the sins of the father repeating themselves like it's ned's father's sins repeating onto ned w- when does the stop like when do the stark stop going okay you know what i'm gonna go down to king's landing and go to war like and when do we live in peace and how do we do that you know when is anybody going to go, hey, you know what? I love my sisters, but holy crap, like we can't sacrifice everybody in the North for them. Well, I think where there was an option for things to go back was when Cersei gave Ned the option to go back to Winterfell. Just, you know, yeah, that's admit that Joffrey's king totally. and turn your ass around and go back there. She wasn't going to send him to the wall. She wasn't going to send. She wasn't going to kill him. She was just like. Just pledge your allegiance and then go back to Winterfell. Do you really believe that, though? I mean, if she wanted to kill him, then she could have. I just don't trust her for a second. I think she'd be doing the same thing that Ripping she's doing up to the Sansa. Contract. Yeah, I mean, she'd just be treating Ned like a Sansa. Like, yeah, just pledge your loyalty to me and I'll let you go back and you can play with the bunnies and the unicorns up in Winterfell. Well, Ned can't play that game anyway. No. He can't, like, fake He's the like, just to get out of My yeah. honor. Well. My honor. We better hope that honor doesn't get you stuck in that crypt forever. Yeah, well, I mean, it's not getting you out anytime soon. That's for damn sure. It's getting you some wine. Some Varus wine. I would not be drinking that wine either. I'd be like, there's poison in this wine. But thanks. Yeah, it definitely uh, very interesting. Um, you know, speaking of, um, you know, we have Rickon. How do you think um, Bran is really taking this? I mean, he seems to be completely in shock, checked out, and he's just like, oh, I'm, I'm literally the only one. Well, he seems to have made a new friend in Asha, and he and For Asha sure. go out to um, hang out by the Weirwood, and she's going into, um, you know, the real war, and that war is up north, northern than the... Winterfell, yeah. Um, beyond the Wall, and I think it's really interesting how she's really pitching that, and Everyone's like, oh, yeah, 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 you're crazy. You don't know what the hell's going on. Mm -hmm. But we already know from episode one, there's some crazy stuff going down. Oh, yeah, just a matter of time of when it's going to come down. And if it's in the middle of the battle, if it's going to be at the end, or if it's going to be in the beginning. Um, You know, another thing that I thought was really interesting is, you know, we have this side story with Danny, and she is kind of going, we saw in the last episode, she's basically like, oh, yeah, you're turning me on, Drogo, like, Talk to me about how you're going to take those slaves. Talk to me how you're going to pillage everything. Tell me how you're going to get these sailor ships so we can go over and take over the Seven Kingdoms. And then we're directly seeing that. And she's like, ooh, what am I doing? Like, they're raping everybody. They're sacking everything. This is not fun. <laughs> like, I don't know if I like a man who does this. 
They're climbing in your window, <laughs> snatching your people up. Like, seriously, it's it's like everybody's, like, first boyfriend, you know? You're like, I want a bad guy. I like I like the dangerous kind of guy. And then you're like, oh, too dangerous, too dangerous. <laughs> like, uh, you're selling drugs and you're going to get arrested. Like, seriously. Like, what is going on? You're wiping blood in your own open wounds. Not cool. Like, She's biting off a little more than I think she bargained for. A little more than she can chew it. Definitely. We, you know, I think also with these, this episode in particular, we see a lot of these people's start of like their journey into adulthood, right? Mm -hmm. So like we have Danny, like she got married earlier and she's going on. But like, this is where she's finally like, I'm going to take a hold of my own destiny. This is really the time where she's going completely against the grain, right? Mm -hmm. And she's saying, no, I'm I'm the Khaleesi and this is what I'm going to do. This is where we see, um, you know, Rob doing the same thing where he's like, this is my destiny. I'm going to do it. I'm going to go fight for my dad. You see all of these people that are are starting to take over. And, um, you know, we have John still being a dumbass, <laughs> but also saving the day. It's like, I cannot believe he was going to stab Alistair Thorne with a fucking knife. I mean, I, I think we all wanted to. I mean, yes, but like you don't do that. He is so lucky he didn't get put in the ground and hung. It's got to be so hard for him, though, to sit back at the wall and not do anything where he knows that, like, his sisters and his father are stuck in King's Landing. And I'm sure he wants to know that secret the next time that we meet that Ned said that oh, he'd God. tell him. Yeah, his mommy. Um, yeah. You know, the other thing is, like, maybe you should just talk to Rick and, and he would have known, oh, shit's going down. Maybe I should chill out for a little bit. <laughs> Hey, Rickon, yeah. what's going on? Everyone's going to die. <laughs> Rickon be like, oh, the cereal's bomb. Yeah. You want to watch some cartoons down in the crypts with me and Liana? So creepy. Yeah, seriously. Um, yeah, it, it definitely crazy. Um, you know, another thing that came up is one of my, one of the people I really like in the series so far is Sir Barristan. And he's just, they just were like, man, get out of here. What do you think they did that besides to get Jamie into the King's Guard? Couldn't they have just been like... Hey, Sir Barristan, we really think you're great, but we really want Jamie to have a better position. So we're going to demote you, but we still love you and you're still in the Kingsguard. Well, I mean, Lannisters are dicks anyway, and they're not going to be able to do anything with somebody who's like an upstanding knight. And he's like the best. He's like one of the top ultimate. Like when you talk about best. <laughs> Sing the whole song. I cannot. <laughs> My <laughs> but, father refuses. You know, they totally just need to get him out of the way so that they can put their people in a place so that they can do whatever they want. I just feel like he's such a talent and he's stuck with them this entire time so far, right? And now they're going to be like, and eh, just kidding. Well, I wasn't a book reader, but from people that have talked about this to me who have read the books, they said in the books it was made a bigger deal because um, he's such a like a champion mm -hmm. and that um tywin who is all-knowing is like you should have just kept him because the name is better than the person yeah totally yeah it, and it brings some legitimacy to the their uh incestuous king oh well sir barristan is here so obviously he wouldn't be like under an incestuous king like he has a lot of honor so that's legitimate um yeah i think um if you don't have any other questions, my last one that's kind of burning my brain is, so they brought two people back from beyond the wall, right? One of them turns into a white. And for those of you who haven't actually got that, I guess maybe we should explain that. So there's white walkers and then there's whites. So the white walkers are kind of the more um, supernatural looking of the, the bunch. They have... Um, some differences between them and the whites. The whites are essentially just like undead zombies that have been risen. Is that what you're kind of yeah. getting to? You know? And um, the whites, they have to be killed by fire. But from what I understand with this, it's just like any other zombie, right? So you have uh, somebody turn someone into a zombie and then that zombie bites another zombie and then they turn into a zombie. We have this kind of effect. So you would think if a party went out with Benjen Stark, right? And they all get captured by white walkers and be made into these whites or a bunch of whites attack them and they make them into whites. Why are they just choosing one, not the other? Why did the other guy not ever pop up? Well, that's the thing about when whites attack. <laughs> Triggered. <laughs> Black Lives Matter. I feel you now. They're so unpredictable. 
Jeez. In this political environment, I, I take offense. <laughs> it's W-I-G-H-T. So what do you think? I mean, honestly, you think it's just like circumstance and happenstance? Um, I thought that they were attached to that hand that um, John Starwolf brought, right? One of them? Yeah, the the guy who wakes up is the one of the hands, right? Or well, maybe he's not. missing a hand. The hand that the wolf brought back. Yeah, yeah, but that's what I mean. Is it the one that wakes up, or is it the other one? No, I think, well, I don't remember. I don't either. Yeah, now that you not. say that, that's actually kind of interesting. I wonder who it actually is. I wonder if maybe that's why he didn't wake up, is because somehow Ghost bit off his hand, and that uh, Ghost's magic white power. White <laughs> <laughs> power! Ghost, no, wow, <laughs> All of the unfollows right now. Yeah, seriously. Um, but yeah, maybe maybe that's it. I just thought that was kind of interesting. Like, uh, we have one here. Like, what would two have done? Like, would they be SOL? Well, Sam mentioned he's like, oh, um, I'm pretty sure he didn't have blue eyes before. <laughs> so they have these like piercing blue eyes, Awkward. which is really. A telltale sign that you're dealing with a zombie yeah for sure you know speaking of sam i'm so proud that like finally sam is kind of useful for something and i think everybody's starting to realize that like oh like we might be in a situation where we need somebody who can think you're fat but you don't miss a thing he's is a coward doesn't he or something does he call him fat that's well, a Sir Alistair Thorne. We better we better rewatch this episode. <laughs> yeah, seriously, no, I'm pretty sure um, he says, you know, you're a coward, Sam Charlie, but you're smart, or something like that. I don't think he calls him fat. He's not rude. He is. <laughs> it is 2019. He does not body shame. Oh well, he better not. That's, That's why I'm Team Sam. Mormont. <laughs> oh yeah, which him. Mormont? Definitely not Jordan. <laughs> He's been ruined. Joa is by friend zone Mormont. Yeah. Um, but yeah, other than that, did you have anything that was kind of glaring and sticking out to you in this one? Oh, I'm saving it for the spoiler, honey. Ooh, yes. Yes, honey. Well, with that, if you guys want to hear spoilers, wait until the outro music. But for this part of the episode where we are spoiler free, I think that's all that we have this week. As always, please, if you guys want to leave some feedback, go to the link in the description and you can go to our website or you can go ahead and send us an email at tobeperfectlyhonestpodcast at gmail.com. Um, we always love to hear your replies. And if you have any issues with what we said, anything you want to hear us talk about for the next episode, which is going to be episode nine next Sunday, um, go ahead and shoot us an email. Also, there is a new trailer that has launched for season eight um, just a little bit ago. So we are going to be going over that and giving you a little bit of an analysis and what we expect. So you will see that sometime next week. That's all we have for the spoiler free section this week. As always, I'm your host, Corey. And I'm Manel. And be perfectly honest. All right, you have made it to the spoiler section. If you have not seen beyond this episode, beware, turn around. You You've will been warned. be spoiled. And I'm not going to save you. Nope, she's not going to do it. Do I look like a hero? Huh, punk? I don't, and neither does Varys. And I just want to say, do we have any feelings about when Ned... Ask Varys to just slit his throat and be done with it. And he says, not today. And that's right after the conversation about um, that Sirio had with Arya. I mean, I feel a little bit about it, but I've always kind of questioned, you know, Varys's motives. And I still don't know what the heck's going on. Speaking of Sirio Pharrell, is that bitch dead? <laughs> he might be the faceless man. He very well could be. We don't. We never see him die, and you know, in Game of Thrones, if you don't see a body, they're still alive. Yeah, I. I mean, I don't know what the percentage is, is of that, but it's just weird that he's a provosi. Like he is a a talented person with a wooden sword, and yet we don't see the body. You know, I, in retrospect, knew that this was coming. So I've heard these rumors for a while, but I, when I listened this time, I did hear like a scream or like a. Ah! You think that was serial? You think serial's gonna scream? Not today.
<laughs> Not today, honey. <laughs> That's what he said. And then he gets down. And what else did we think about here? Because there was a million spoilers I wanted to talk about in the beginning, and now I can't think of them. <laughs> Wait, what? Um, yeah, I mean, I... Little, little, little. Oh, I have one. Oh, shoot. So, back in Winterfell, when Bran and Asha were talking, the thing I didn't notice before is um, how early on, here's Asha speaking the truth, like, yeah, y'all are worried about this war. The only war you need to worry about is the one beyond the wall and how much more meaningful this is coming after you've seen Hartholm. Once -hmm. you saw Hartholm, you were like, what the hell is... What what are we all what's what are we wasting our lives on any Seriously. of this? Uh, you know, honestly though, like who? I mean, you can't blame anyone for not listening to Asha because she's literally a crazy wildling. But you know, the blame has to go to the brothers in black. Like, you know, you guys couldn't have gone out and scouted a little bit more and been like, oh yeah, there's literally White Walkers, or went and said, hey, Mance Raider, you know, we're kind of enemies, but hey, just. Just wanted to know, like, looks like some crazy shit's happening. You guys noticed that? Okay, yeah. Well, let's go to King's Landing and talk about that. It seems like it's all happening under their nose. Like, they're oblivious to this. What? They're just like, oh, I don't want to change Maester Eamon's sheets. Oh, God. (laughs) I know. They're like, until I see ice spiders, I'm not convinced. And another thing, too, that you hear Asha say is how, you know, important the werewolves are and how they were totally chopped down in the south and then you notice too that um that comes up again when Sansa's praying and she (laughs) there's no werewoods to pray to there's just a stump that she's praying by Mm -hmm. totally yeah i you know and then you even see you got to remember bran basically sees all points of time through the werewoods right and so he's got to be seeing that point of view of himself talking to asha and being like yeah yeah you're stupid like god what a torturous thing to probably relive inception werewood inside of werewood inside of werewood inside (laughs) of werewood yeah it's uh nuts you know uh speaking of um kind of the starks you know rickon do you think he is a green seer at all or if um you're not familiar with green seer um do you think that he's like at all like psychically linked or if he was a green seer he would have seen that damn arrow i'm still upset about that that's the truth (laughs) yeah i don't know i just i feel like um you know when he comes and talks i i feel like something's going on maybe because he's so young and he has this weird psychic bond with this wolf um that he is Maybe picking up on stuff that everybody else is just too busy fucking, you know, being like, I'm crippled or I got to go fight a war to be like, uh, yeah, none of you guys are coming back. Well, don't kids always kind of state the obvious? It's like everyone else is so consumed in their own lives. Hello, Danny. <laughs> Stephen King's The Shining. Yeah. Oh, I thought you were talking about uh, Liza's son, Robin. <laughs> He's just as creepy. He is freaking hella creepy. If he had a trike and was like, He's like, I want milk. And she's like, no. And then he like pedaled around it. That would be a little bit more creepy, <laughs> but that'd be the only way he could be more creepy. Well, speaking of Robin, I mean, we see Liza totally Robin denied. Aaron. <laughs> yes, Robin Aaron. The uh, little king. Oh, God. He's, he looked like he wanted his mom's boob right there. Mommy, I'm thirsty. Like, oh, you want me to have all the Knights of the Vale come defend you, Catelyn? Oh, hold on. Let me let me let my son suckle my teat. <laughs> Not today. Um, yeah. You know, <laughs> speaking of, like, do you feel like she is just completely incompetent? Is she completely like just freaked the fuck out PTSD, or is she just waiting for Littlefinger to be like, oh yeah, you can do that? Oh yeah, she's, to help out her she's sister. Want, she's waiting for a little finger, all right. Someone told me she got a little finger before she got pregnant. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's fucking ridiculous though (laughs) i have to think you know like obviously she was willing to betray her own husband and she betrays ned but really to fucking betray your sister and her fucking kids like you are a twisted bitch and i'm glad she died what wow Mm. well um (laughs) sansa doesn't start too far off oh joffrey (laughs) yeah i mean like i want your little peen in me (laughs) don't kill my dad please but if you do, it's okay, because I want to be a princess. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, the um, Tully women definitely have a thing where they just cannot uh, be without, like, a man. Barf. Yeah, not my favorite. Um, 
John, um, what what the fuck, John? Who grabs a lantern? I didn't, this is not a spoiler. A secret but, Targaryen. But seriously, yeah. But then also gets burned by it. He's like, ouch, it's hot. <laughs> you know, what if it was like just a mental thing? Like he says, ouch, just of like, here I go. Ah! Uh, I don't know. I do. You feel know, like a, when you jump off a plane, you're like, wow. No. Well, okay. So in the books, I mean, I haven't read all the books, but I have gotten far enough to know that when this happens in the book, John's hand is fucked. Like he's basically like, I can't move it very well. <laughs> like. He has to, like, relearn how to do stuff. Like, it's pretty effed. And I think he regains use of it later on. But, like, for this next part where they expedition up into the north, like, he's literally with a gimp hand. Well, I mean, he is more stark than anything. You yeah. can tell by his decisions. Seriously. Um, yeah, What? so what about um, we have Danny and this whole Dothraki and the uh, Mirad Azdul. How the fuck do you say Miri- that? Mazdur. I almost said Paula Abdul. Paula Abdul. Uh, ghetto, homeless, old Paula Abdul. She's like, I was on American Idol and I said, Straight Fuck up this. now, tell me, do you want to like, clean your wound? <laughs> I'm a witch because <laughs> you raped me. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Uh, what in the fuck? I have to be in this moment, like, dumbest moment, Danny, in this episode. What the fuck? It's like, yeah, okay, so you save someone from, you know, getting raped for the 15th time. Good on you. But also, like, um, let the call do what the fucking call wants. Like, every little, once in a while. Like, you're already like, no, these are my women. Oh, get in a fight for me. Oh, I want you to do this. I need gold for ships. And then you're going to be like, and I want this stupid goat bitch. She needs to clean out your wound. I think most... Um Dithraki would probably love to have two women or four or five or ten. And Danny's like, I want them all. They're all my women. He's probably like, yeah, let my wife have what she wants. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. But it is like, seriously, Danny, come on. Like, You're not going to save them all. Ass. You just burn down their whole village and let them get raped for all day and night. And Well, and like at a certain point, like, don't you feel like... You're a little late to the party here. She's being so willfully ignorant, especially after that last episode where she literally is like, yeah, slaves, oh, let me rub my bean. Like, (laughs) what the fuck, Danny? Like, you knew this was going to happen. He literally said it. Yeah, it's something that she's just either not paying attention to or just is just... I can't get it. I can't wrap my head around it. Well, and I get, like, all, you know, obviously things are written the way they are because, oh, big surprise of what happens. But all of the Dothraki know that she's a witch. They call her a witch. And she's like, no, you guys are savages. You don't know what you're saying. Like, she's in the sky rant, and I'm going to have her clean her wounds. Like, you're being just like your fucking brother was. Like, these Dothraki savages. Like, all of the people that are following and fighting for you and doing all this are literally saying... Don't fucking do this. And you're like, nah, I know better. True. I have the stallion who mounts the world inside of me. Also, I was going through Reddit. I just have to share this with you. I don't think I talked to you about it earlier. They were saying, oh, you know, what if Danny didn't have a boy? Obviously, she miscarries. But what if it was a girl? What would they call it? And then someone was like, the stallion that gets mounted by the world. Oh, God. <laughs> it's like, oh, God. So ridiculous. Um but yeah, that is just That's unfortunate Ross. and <laughs> just crazy. Speaking of Lannisters, isn't it hilarious that when Tywin sees Tyrion, he's giving him shit about, oh, your brother would have never got captured. This would never happen to your brother. And then cue next episode. Where is Jamie? <laughs> captured. Spoiler alert. And if you didn't know it was spoilers, now you do. And Ned's going to die. Yeah, seriously. Yeah, I... You know, it's one of these things, though, like, I feel like Tywin treats every one of his kids like this. So, you know, you feel bad for um, Tyrion because it's like, obviously, when you're born in the society and you're a little person, like, you're already getting that from everybody. And then to have your dad also say this, it's like a double-edged sword. But, like, seriously gets it. And so does Jamie. So I almost kind of am like, you know, you just know this is your dad. When you waltzed in, like, why did you even come back to the your dad's camp? Why didn't you just go... Right, right, straight into another brothel, get shit-faced, and send a raven. Do you think that Tywin knows that uh, these kids are illegitimate? Uh, yeah, he has a very strong suspicion, I believe. Yeah, nothing's going to get Nothing, too far um, past Tywin. You know, the other thing, too, is, like, I don't know if Cersei has led, like, 
her father at all onto the path of like maybe thinking, oh, hey, um, we got to watch out for ourselves because people are thinking this. She doesn't have to admit to anything, but I think that would have been wise. And I'm sure that's kind of um, why there's all of a sudden a big Lannister army. Do you think Tywin's aware of what's going on in King's Landing? You think he's got his ear to a raven? As far as just like Joffrey being like, I'm going to be king and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And, um, obviously not, because we see that late in the next episode where he's like, fuck, why'd you kill Ned? And Cersei's like, fuck, why do we kill Ned? Because this was the plan that basically they had. You know, they Whoa. wanted Ned to be held in prison as a prisoner. They had Sansa, and then the North would have bent their knee to them. You know, eventually they would have gotten beaten back and everything would have been good. They could have done their thing, but that all got thrown to fucking shit because Joffrey's a little shit. Yeah, well, I think, seriously, it's easy to say from this episode that she thinks, you know, it's a bunch of little kids. I can control these kids, you know. I got Joffrey in the throne, a.k.a. me, because he's going to do whatever I say because I'm his mother. I'm the queen by proxy or whatever she calls it. And then she's got Sansa writing letters that are so obviously Cersei that everyone's like, this is Cersei, right? But then Joffrey throws the monkey wrench in and is like, yeah, let's just kill him. Kill him, kill him, kill him. But we could talk about this more next week. But um, I I just think that uh, maybe Tywin kind of knew what the plan was and no one could predict, like, Joffrey just freaking out. No, I think he's the loose cannon. He's evidently, everything we've seen, him and Littlefinger, I think, are the two elements of chaos that just throw... All of the scheming. You have to think that Cersei's probably been scheming about this for years. But she had to put it into full effect because she had Ned there, like, giving her the mercy. Well, I think, you know, you have, and we talked about this, I think, in the last episode, like, you know, what what would have happened if, you know, uh, Ned would have taken the kingdom for himself? And, you know, I have to think that it would not have ended well, but I think... Like, they were completely down for it to be the way it was. Like, they were living the high life. They were fucking around, like, drinking the good wine. All she had to do is, like, you know, get King Robert drunk and suck him off every couple times. But other than that, perfect life, right? And then we have, um, you know, John Aaron finds out, oh, he's stumbling a little close. Well, they take care of him. Oh, who do we get next? Well, we get Ned. And Ned doesn't want to play ball. So it's like, okay, well... We can't live the life we want to right now, but you know what? Here's a path to even better things. I'm going to play chess, and we're going to get our kingdom under the Lannisters. We're going to get what we want, and you know what? We're going to maintain the throne, and here's how we do it. And then Joffrey's like, meh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Let's just piss on everybody. I bet she wished she would have had what's his name first. That would have oh, been her yeah. first Tommen. Well, dude, Tommen is even, ugh. That is the storyline that honestly frustrates me the most is like, um, the High Septon, mm-hmm. or not the High Septon, um, the Sparrow. Mm-hmm. God, I just, mm, frustrates me. I've been watching a couple recaps on uh, YouTube, and I'm like, I am so frustrated by that. I'm so glad that we have a while to do that. We have season eight that we're going to podcast before we go back and get to that, because I'm not made out for that season. It just infuriates me. It's like the the, the sweet uh, taste of justice when, um, you know, Cersei's like poisoning the, the Septa with wine in the mountains there. I'm like, yes, yes, do it. Do it. Blow up the Septa, yes. <laughs> Let the evil flow through you, Cersei. <laughs> um, but yeah, it definitely um, an interesting one to say the least. But that's all I have for spoilers. You know, this one, um, we lead up to, you know, the next one is the yeah the big one piece next de week. resistance um, because they always kind of do this. Oh, they tend to do this where the one right before the end is like the big craziness, and then the next one's kind of like leaving you hanging. Yeah, it's like the season wrap up almost, where yeah. like yeah, it's comprehensive, and then it kind of leads you into the next season and gives you something to wait around for. Yeah, totally. So just real quick before we end, because I think we're all about done wrapping up this episode. But I think it's really cool to kind of see the beginning of how Bronn and uh, Tyrion start developing their friendship. Um, Just one of those things I wanted to add in there. Yeah, definitely. You know, it makes me wonder of what we're going to see in this next coming season, season eight, because, you know, essentially they're on opposite sides right now. And it is quite frustrating because they're such a good duo. Yeah, they are. 
like from the literally the very beginning and Bron has made his life great I mean, he's essentially gone from a piece of shit in a bar to like literally a lord yeah and um you can only go up from there so lands and wives and everything that Tyrion promised he's got and right now he's uh down in the south and everybody else is in the north fighting them uh white walkers so um, I don't know how long that's going to bear well for them, but at least he is uh, not in the middle of the shitstorm. It's going to be so sad. I know they're going to kill him. Well, they're going to kill. I mean, they're going to kill so many people. I I cannot even think of it right now. Because... But if you want to hear our predictions, let's not talk about that now. Let's oh. talk about it in our prediction episode. Yeah. So we're going to have, uh, like I said in um, the spoiler free section, we are going to have this new trailer that launched. We're going to go and dissect it a little bit. Game of Thrones and HBO have said that this is going to be the only trailer before the launch on April 14th. So we're going to dissect that, give you guys a little bit of taste of what we think about that trailer. And then we're also going to have a new updated predictions um, that's going to be coming up as well. So that will get your beak a little wet. And then April 14th, we're going to be podcasting. We're going to actually try to release the episodes the night that it happens. Um, if that doesn't happen, then it's going to be on the following Monday. Um, but we are trying our best to drop everything else live breathe eat game of thrones and jump on and get your fresh opinions right away um and and we might even do like a two-parter where we have our immediate reactions and then later in the week we release more of an in-depth episode after we've watched a couple times so um just stay present make sure that you are subscribed so you get them as soon as they launch and let your friends know that you love to be perfectly honest game of thrones as always i'm Corey. i'm anel and be perfectly honest